Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, powered by Bill Barr. My name is Trevor Sycamore. With me is Benjamin Solak. And if you hear the sound of our voices, that means that you are listening to a Mock Draft Monday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. One of our favorite days every single week. Ben, how you doing, my friend? Everything is delicious. I was about to other say... Than fruit, oh. Other than fruit, right? You got to throw that in there now. You got to say everything really is delicious like- other than fruit. Fruit, is, the the take is that fruit is overrated. It is not. So now we're saying that fruit tastes good. Some fruits do. I can't. Other fruits don't, you. which by fruits as a whole are overrated. But also okay. everything is delicious. Okay, great. All right, good. Good. Now, anyway, I was going to say it's funny because I, I was about to make a Monday joke. Mm. And then I realized that was back when I was a younger man. Back in the in the in the pre-corona age, where whole oh, Mondays and work weeks and stuff, I don't even know what month it is. Yeah, um, Alyssa has a show. My girlfriend Alyssa has a has a show that she's never doing heard of her on SEC Network, but it's basically just for social media right now. And it's it's literally called the show is literally called What Day Is It? And she starts <laughs> the interview with all of these coaches, just asking them without them knowing, "Hey, what day is it?" And actually, Derek Mason, the head football coach from Vanderbilt had to sit there and did the classic like look off screen and was like uh Tuesday like it was perfect it was like it was not planned at all and so I imagine that other people are very much in that ballpark so can can I ask what the Monday joke would have been well you were like oh Monday is one of our favorite days and I was about to be like yeah like we'd love to get you guys through the first commute man gotta get back to work oh man the sloth of the daily struggles it's not real yeah it's not real home yeah it's not really more but hey look we're all here with you at home staying staying quarantined staying on lockdown for now and we've got a treat for you we're doing a mock draft monday today where we redraft ben the 2011 nfl draft using the corrected 2020 order so if you missed what happened last week what we did is we took the 2020 draft order but we made the pool of players both the 2020 class and the 2019 class. We had a lot of fun doing that. We thought that it was a really great exercise, and you guys seemed to really like it too. And so at the end of the podcast, we said, hey, if you guys have suggestions, not just next week, but throughout the summer, we're going to be trying to do these creative mock draft Mondays. Sometimes we'll probably even get away from football, I feel like, at one point, and do just like all-out mock drafts, things like that. But we wanted to open it up to you guys to suggest how you would like to see a Mock Draft Monday formatted. Yo! And the idea that we had, yes, what? NBA Mock Draft. We take the current NBA players. This is this is a post-show. I should not talk about this right now. We take the NBA <laughs> and we draft them. To play, the to play football? Yes. It's like, it's, like, it's like when they do the whole, like, oh, franchise reset. Who would be Listen, your first overall pick? Patrick Mahomes. But the pool is NBA players. You guys have already started to send us some great ideas, and the idea that we landed on this, this week so was to redraft the 2011 NFL draft class, which was studded. Like, there are some studs in this draft class, except using the 2020 order and 2020 draft needs. Ben, if you are ready, I'm ready to get it going. Do you want to pick odds or evens? We never decide this pre. Um, no, we got to get, get it live. We got to Bill O'Reilly do it live. I will take odds. You did odds last time. Do you just like taking odds? I will take evens. You, why? Why would you take evens? The Bucks pick twenty fourteen. Tails never fails. I don't know. Um, 
You can you choose. You take you 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 be even. Words take nice. Okay, I will I will take I'll take odds because you okay. went with evens last time. So since the order is relatively the same, we'll go I'll, I'll say odds this time. So that means that I'm up first, the Cincinnati Bengals. And there is a certain quarterback in this class who you know, Ben turned out to be pretty dang good. Andy Dalton, baby. <laughs> I <laughs> I missed the Andy Dalton connection to where I could just give Andy Dalton to the Bengals to the number Bengals. one and just keep easy. it that way. This one's super easy for me. The number one overall pick in the 2011 NFL draft was Cameron Newton, and that's who would be the number one overall pick here in this one. Now, we are drafting these guys, just so you know, we're not. I'm not drafting 30-year-old Cam Newton. Like we are drafting these players as, as if it is the beginning of their right. career. So we're having a little bit of fun with it. Still, we're keeping the team needs relatively the same to get a little bit of organization in this chaos. And so, with all of that said, I'm picking a young, energetic, the best football ahead of him, Cam Newton to the Cincinnati Bengals. Right. So that that puts me at two with the Redskins. The Redskins in the 2020 NFL draft took an elite edge over potentially good or great quarterbacks Mm -hmm. riding with Wayne Haskins here in the 2011 NFL draft, they get Vaughn Miller, who is the second overall pick in the 2011 NFL draft, which he, he obviously he goes to, to Denver and they had, this was Peyton, right? In 2011. No, it was before Peyton. They had what plumber still. Oi. Yeah. 2011. I was 14. Anyway. Yeah, they, they, did um, not, they were they were like two years from Peyton? Three years from Peyton? Yeah, they were a couple years still from Peyton, so I think they were still plumber. God almighty and adorable. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's an old sentence. Um, as such, I mean, it's a ridiculous edge class. We're going to get into it, but I yeah. will still take what I know about the longevity of Miller and the peaks of Miller over anybody else. So I do think he was the right selection at two uh, for the Broncos. He's going to be the right selection at two for the Redskins as well. So one and two actually stays the same nine years yes. later. What do you know? That's uh, which I think is right. I like, I, I, I was tempted for other positions. That's going to be an interesting right. look back is that we look at how these guys actually were drafted versus you drafted yes. in 2011 versus where we're taking them here in 2020. The lions, um, they ended up taking Jeffrey Akuda. There is a pretty good cornerback on this board here, Patrick Peterson. There's also Richard Sherman. There's also Chris Harris. I mean, there is no uh, shortage of riches when it comes to the cornerback class in 2011. However, the biggest need for Detroit was edge rusher. And if they could have gotten their hands on Chase Young, they would have loved to. And that's why I'm taking J.J. Watt here to play in that Lions front I mean, Matt Patricia would 100% make this pick over a guy like... I looked at the rest of the edge rushing list, and you've got Alden Smith. You've got uh, Ryan Kerrigan, future Hall of Famer, via said on this podcast. Uh, Cameron Jordan is here as well. So, like, the edge rush class is insanely good here. But the Lions, without a doubt, would go with a guy like J.J. Watt. Yeah, no, and I think especially, like, you know, we talk about the mold of rusher that Patricia likes. 100%. We always... We always bring up New England examples, but Watt is that giant end who's just a filthy inside rusher and size to play everywhere, which is great. Okay, Giants at four. I need an offensive tackle. I also still desperately need an edge, and then I have other positions as well. It was not a great offensive tackle class, 
And when we go through, I'll be interested to see how many we get into the first round. But there is a fellow named Tyron Smith at the top of it. And I heard he turned out pretty doggone good. Now, do I want Tyron Smith more than... Yes, yes, yes. Okay, Tyron Smith at four to the Giants. <laughs> there was well, wanna... there was the internal discussion. We get at least one per mock, mock draft Monday. No, that wasn't even it. I did that under my breath. I was just like checking names, oh, checking okay, names, checking okay. names. Okay, I'm good. Tyron Smith at four to the Giants. I mean, if the Giants are lucky, Andrew Thomas becomes 85% of what Tyron Smith is. So mm-hmm. this is a big win. You remember Nick Fairley? I'm not picking Nick Fairley. I'm just saying, you remember Nick Fairley? Yes, which, like, when I was making the target list for this, I was like, do I put Nick Fairley on here? Like, is Nick Fairley good enough? And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to put Nick Fairley on here yeah, because so he I, was fine. I see Nick Fairley's name here. The uh, Miami Dolphins are here at number five. By the way, we've, we've reordered it so the Dolphins don't pick three times in this mock draft. They are only picking once because we wanted to give – you know, with such a jump back, back to 2011, we wanted to give every team the fun of being able to pick a guy. So the Dolphins only pick once here, and they're picking at number five. Man, there are some good players for them to choose from. And this is a team that obviously is just looking for the most top-tier talent they could get. I'm taking Julio Jones. Yeah, I'm giving correct. them Julio Jones because I think that that is absolutely the correct choice. You know, they've had offensive line needs. They had pass rusher needs. They, they could have picked a stud pass rusher here out of this 2011 lineup, which I'm sure we'll start to get into more details of those guys too. But the best player for them to pick is Julio Jones. He can't get out of the top five no matter how you order it. Charges. Go Charges. All right, my quarterback options, I'm not really spoiling it. You give him Tyrod Taylor, and they could just keep Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, exactly, right? I was going to say, like, <laughs> let's just give him Tyrod. Just stick where we are. Um, my quarterback options aren't great. The 2011 NFL draft class ended up with a, with one top-tier quarterback in Cam Newton, one average quarterback in Andy Dalton, uh, a, a quality backup in Tyrod Taylor, and then a really a true unknown for an exercise like this in a player like Colin Kaepernick. I don't have any players that I'm comfortable drafting at six at the quarterback position, which puts me now in a weird spot for, for the Chargers. I'm looking at offensive tackle as another big need. Do I like Anthony Costanzo, what he's done enough across the twilight of his career with the Colts to take him this early? I don't desperately need an edge. I got... The old Bosa and Melvin Ingram. The Jerry. old Bosa? Is that how you just, well, is that how you just addressed old... Joey Bosa? Jo- Nick is baby Bosa. So what is he, grown-up Bosa? No, he's just Joey Bosa. Are you saying I... he's old makes it just seem like he's like a couple years from hanging him up? That's true. But still, okay. Dude, Costanzo's been so good. He's he's played 16 games mm-hmm. in all but three seasons. One of those seasons being his rookie season. Incredibly consistent. I'm taking Anthony Costanzo, right? Yeah, I'm taking Anthony Costanzo. I mean, they didn't take a tackle. They need one. And I'm not taking any of these quarterbacks. Taking Anthony Costanzo okay. at six for the Chargers. I don't hate I'm chasing, it. I'm chasing need, brother. It's it's not. It, it's kind of weird when you look at the rest of the guys that are still on the board. Uh, I think it's it's a little interesting just because there, there are so many other names that you passed up, but. Right. For the Chargers, it it, it, it kind of does make sense here. I, I th- well, I here's think, the thing. With, I think the thing I'll argue this real quick is that Costanzo is extremely underappreciated because he, so he was drafted at 22 overall, and he wasn't great for the Colts initially, and he got better over time, and mm-hmm. now he's extremely solid and has been for the past three years, right? And so if you can get me a 10-year starter at 
extensively his right tackle, uh, mostly for the the Colts. No, 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 excuse me, because I was playing left. You can get me a 10-year starter at left tackle. Right, right. Yeah, that's, that's a great pick at right, that's, I'm yeah, that's, that's important. This one's tough, and it's tough in the best way. It's Carolina Panthers at number seven. They have, I think, defensive line needs, which is obviously where they went first, picking Derrick Brown in the 2020 NFL draft, but they also have cornerback needs. There's basically everyone in this edge rush group. There's some good interior defensive line players, but there's also Patrick Peterson or Richard Sherman at cornerback. Go, man! Do I pair an edge guy? Oh, you know what? I'm going to have some fun. I'm going to go I'm going to go Alden Smith at 7 to pair him with Brian Bruce. No. No, 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 no. Alden yes. Smith or Cameron Jordan. Yes. So obviously We're like, fighting. So obviously like Alden Smith's career didn't exactly pan out the way that we hoped. You're engaging in fisticuffs. His his off the field stuff, but I'm pretty sure there wasn't a single player in NFL history who had the amount of backfield production that he had in his first three years in the league. Like, if if, if Alden Smith... I don't, I don't even see to say, like, kept on pace. Like, if Alden Smith just, like, kept an even keel in his off-the-field life, I mean, he would have... He, he would have been unbelievable. Cameron Jordan's awesome, but I'm just going speed edge and speed edge. I'm going Brian Bird's on one side, Alden Smith on the other. Try Cameron and block Jordan's him. awesome, he says. It's some sort of throwaway. You are Garbage. so dumb. Okay. Cardinals. I'm, lo- I'm looking up Alden Smith's stats just to make sure that we know that we know what we're talking about here. So you All know right, so that this is not absolutely blasphemous. Okay? Alden Smith. In from- his first three years in the league, he went 14, yes. 19 and a half, 8 and a half. And that 8 and a half came in 11 games played with, a, well, with 8 starts. Their, we're drafting their careers. No, I'm drafting Cameron them. Jordan's no, no, no. Had I'm 13, drafting 12, them as if in the last three I'm years. I'm drafting them as if like I'm drafting what they were as a young person, like as a draftee. That's what I'm doing. Would that, would that make any sense? Yes, it you does. It comes. I'm taking Alden Smith. I'm not going back. Cameron Jordan is still playing. Right, but I'm not taking that into account. I'm saying I'm drafting them as if they were draftees. Not necessarily like, uh, I, this is difficult to, to quantify here, obviously, because like You're we, not know, them we, know, we know. I just took Anthony Costanza at six. <laughs> right, right. But you have to take into account a little bit of how they turned out, but I'm drafting Alden Smith like because his off-the-field stuff is the reason why he's not absolutely, absolutely elite. And so I'm drafting a young Alden Smith, hoping that stuff obviously doesn't happen because he was unbelievable in his first three years in the league. So that's why I'm drafting him. I refuse to abide by it. It's my I podcast. have the Cardinals at eight. I have Patrick Peterson still on the board. This is funny. And I feel, right, it's like... Don't do the don't, Jaguars like that. Well, here's what's, what's, what's weird is, is the reason... The Cardinals don't have Patrick Peterson as a need in the 2020 team needs is because they have Patrick Peterson. They don't need a corner. But if I don't draft Patrick Peterson, no, 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 no. It's the same thing as last week. We're like, we're you're you're keeping the needs relatively the same. Exactly. But the only reason they don't have a corner need is because they I, have Patrick right. Peterson. Right. I know what you're saying. But if you draft Patrick Peterson here, then you could have Patrick Peterson and then an ambiguous person who has the talent of Patrick Peterson right. on the other Pat side. Pete too. <laughs> evil, P2. P2, as evil, it were. <laughs> evil Pat Pete. Yeah. Um, he's, he's the opposite of this one. No, he's not. He's, he's not best. evil. You know what? Actually, wait. Actually, no, no, no. I've got, I've got a player 
who, if we're operating under Alden Smith rules for some freaking reason, uh, also had a really <laughs> nice flash across the course of his rookie uh, his rookie contract. Has maybe fallen off a little bit, but fills a much bigger need in the interior for the Cardinals. That's Marcel Darius, uh, who was the third overall pick, if memory serves, for Buffalo in the 2011 NFL Draft. Darius was was. Uh, for Jacksonville over the past couple years, a little bit more inconsistent, a little bit more rotational. He's dealt with injury. He obviously had the option declined, and he entered free agency. I'm not sure he's even signed anywhere following free agency, so he may really uh, be looking at the twilight of his career here. But, man, those first four years in Buffalo, across that rookie contract, he had a a double-digit sack season. He was one of the best nose tackles in the league. Arizona needs that a lot, so I'll take Darius at eight. Well, you didn't take Patrick Peterson from the Jaguars at nine, so that's where they're going. I mean, they would have loved to take Jeffrey Okuda, I think, the most in this draft class. They ended up taking C.J. Henderson at nine. I think the corner, corner need is going to stay the same here, even though in this redraft they don't have that second first round pick at number 20 to improve the defensive line or just the trenches overall this pick stays the same if Patrick Peterson's in here so I'm this is an easy slot in at nine this is the exact kind of cornerback that they're looking for it's the it's the hole that Jalen Ramsey left when he uh, was traded to LA so this is this is an easy one here for me I'm in a really difficult spot here with the Browns at 10 aren't I no yeah what tackle you want um None. I don't. I don't want Nate Solder. It's too early. Orlando Franklin, Marcus Marcus Gilbert, just Marcus tra- Cannon. Just draft AJ Green and make it AJ Green, OBJ, and Jarvis Landry. No, I it, it's it'd be irresponsible not to take a tackle here. This is why <laughs> you don't get get stuck on a need. Right, this is a great example. Like the Browns came into the 2020 NFL draft with a huge need to tackle. Now they got a great tackle class. If it were a different class, they'd be stuck picking between. And obviously, they wouldn't know the realities of Nate Solder and, and and Marcus Cannon and Marcus Gilbert, so on and so forth. But still, okay. Do they have somebody on the interior that they could kick out the tackle? No. If they if they were they developed Austin Corbett, they would, but they didn't. I think it's got to be Marcus Gilbert. Jeez. Well, oh, sh- okay. <laughs> Safety? What? I'm gonna take Jaquan Jarrett? No. This I was, I was, problem. I was asking the interior line question because you could draft Mike Mike Pouncey, and then just move somebody on the interior to right tackle. You could draft Rodney Hudson too, and Rodney Hudson's freaking huge. Play him a tackle for God's sakes. Oh. Jason Kelsey. Marcus Gilbert was literally just traded for a sixth round pick. I cannot take this guy at 10 overall. No, you can't. Maybe you're irresponsible. You'll get roasted in the premium slack. So you should absolutely do it. How much fun are you having right now? It sounds like you're having a great freaking time. Oh, a lot, man. Sipping a nice cold Cannon, water man. on the rocks. Just listening to but you like, debate with yourself in your head out loud. Cannon's been good. The Patriots. Yeah, but that's because it's Garnacchia. That's that's my thing, right? Is I'm thinking like he ends up in Cleveland. He's not going to be the same thing. Rodney Hudson, put him at guard. No, this doesn't work. Kick Joel Batonio out to tackle. Oh, uh, do it. Joel Batonio. Okay, mm. Conklin. Rodney Hudson. All right, I'm taking Rodney Hudson. I'm taking a good player okay. on the offensive line. Okay, better than Cannon, better than Gilbert, probably gonna, better than. You're going to put your best five out there. And I'm gonna put my best five out there. And am I gonna wow. lose to am I gonna lose the speed on the edge? Yes. Spoken like a true coach. 
but it's okay. I've got Rodney Hudson, and I know that he's he's a Pro Bowl caliber player. I feel good about that. Okay. Uh, we are at pick number 11 now, the New York Jets, and I think it's important to remind everyone that within the first 11 picks of this 2011 NFL draft, nine of the 11 picks were all pro players, like went on to be all pro players. The two that were not, both quarterbacks. First two quarterbacks taken in this draft. Or, sorry, uh, Cam Newton went first, but then it was Jake yeah. Locker and Blaine Gabbert. Unbelievable. It's an extremely strong draft. Extremely strong draft, and then an extremely awful quarterback draft outside of Cam Newton. It's funny. Uh, Jets, scam. massive trench need. Uh, need a good pass rusher. Need just an ultimate force on the defensive side of the ball. That's why I'm picking Cameron Jordan, because I'm a big fan of Cameron Jordan, despite Ben thinking I'm not, passing on him at number seven for the Panthers. You can flip these if it actually makes you feel better, Ben. I mean, that's not actually what happened, but if it'll make you feel better, if it'll help you sleep at night. Cam Jordan has been, without a doubt, one of the best, most steady, productive, elite edge players in the NFL for a really, really long time. Do you have his stats up right there? Because they're crazy. I did. So Cameron Jordan has firstly like never ever missed a game once. No, Cam- He's just Cameron Jordan invulnerable. Cameron Jordan did not start, I believe it was his first game or one of the first games that he played in his career and since then he has played and started in every single game of his career. His sack numbers after yes. his rookie year go 8, 12 and a half, 7 and a half, 10, 7 and a half, 13, 12, 15 and a half. The man at 30 years old just had his career sack best at 15 and a half this past year. He the is a young man. He is incredible. To get Cameron Jordan in to get Cameron Jordan at 11 just speaks to how good the 2011 NFL draft was. No, it speaks to how dumb the Alden Smith pick was. I said it. I don't regret it. Are you done? I came in hot, and I'm Did fine with it. Do you feel better? Do you feel better now getting that out? I feel great looking at who I'm going to take for the Raiders at 12. Okay, let's hear it. AJ Green, baby. Oh, there it is. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. Listen, biggest needs are wide receiver and corner. I've got Richard Sherman, Chris Harris, AJ Green. It's, it's more so what I need right now. And this is tricky because, like, I think Sherm's going to be a Hall of Famer. I'm not sold on that for Green. But even with Sherm potentially being a better player across the course of his career, there's a lot that goes into the Seattle Legion of Boom and why those players were so good and so successful. Green was tremendous under bad circumstances for that 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 decade in Cincinnati. So if I can get things better with Gruden, with a new quarterback, not Derek Carr, uh, Green could have an even more productive career. So I think the context could be helpful to Green here. But I'm extremely pleased with that pick. Colts here at number 13. Remember, we're giving everybody their original draft picks back. Um, Colts, I, I obviously don't cover the team super closely, so I could be wrong here. But as I was doing the research on a Malik Hooker article that I wrote last week, it seems as though the Colts are playing a lot more of like Tampa 2 kind of a defense. Yeah. And that isn't really conducive old Matt to... Matt Right, that's not really conducive to like what Malik Hooker does well, nor is it, I feel, conducive to what my pick is going to be in Richard Sherman. However, by picking Richard Sherman, I would hope that they go, okay, we've got a really damn good cover three kind of a corner, and then we have a really damn good cover three kind of a free safety. And so maybe they'll switch the defense up a little bit, because if you pair Richard Sherman at corner with Malik Hooker, 
as a center field single high guy. Sign me the F up. Yeah, and I think like Sherman's got elite zone ability. He's got the length and the speed to be good in cover three. But like if you're good as a cover three zone corner, you're going to be good as a cover two zone corner. In terms of like you, I know, but I really just kind of getting like changing what Malik Hooker does, like change what you're doing on the back end behind him. I don't doubt that Richard Sherman could do that, but it's like okay, this is a guy who could clearly play the aggressive style of more of a cover three zone corner work than you would want, I guess, than what they probably have on the team right now. Hoping they'd get a little bit more aggressive if they were to draft Richard Sherman because that's what I want. Makes sense. I've got Tampa at 14. Trev, who do you want? Um, Which pick is the most ignorantly awesome that I could do here? Right, exactly. Yeah, it's always your thing. That's what we're looking My, at. We could give him Mason Foster since Mason Foster was drafted by the Bucks in like the fourth round anyways. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think Mason Foster's even going to make it into our top 32. It just felt necessarily necessary to put him on here. Yeah, appreciate that. Uh... <sighs> Dude, pick like... <laughs> Pick like Kelsey or Pouncey and then just kick Ali Marpet out the right tackle. Just have him do the full just have him do like the full offensive line rotation for his career. Cause he's played right guard, he's played center, he's played left guard now. Just kick him out to right, and then in five years he's gonna get a shot at left tackle too for like the career cycle. I um okay, so I'm into that. I've I, I thought about okay, so with Shaq Barrett, Barrett just got franchise tagged, right? Correct. And then JPP's on what? Another uh, two more years of his deal. Uh, what's JPP's deal? Let me look. I'm because I'm thinking of giving you Kerrigan or Houston, because I think you want another rusher behind Barrett because you put the tag on him, and he's probably not gonna have a 19 and a half sack season again. Just yeah, he he only signed a two year deal, so JPP is actually around for. Two more years, although his right, dead cap thought. only goes to five mil next year. So yeah, so so that's what I thought. So you got JPP through twenty twenty one, and you have Barrett through twenty twenty, and it would be great if Barrett comes back next season and gives you eleven sacks, and you feel good signing him long term. But like, I'm not sold on that because Barrett's twenty nineteen season was totally nuts, and I think he's going to regress down. So I would like some insurance at edge, and I also know that some of my best players left are Houston and Kerrigan. I personally, on the Lockdown NFL Draft podcast, will always take Ryan Kerrigan. Uh, so I'm going to give future Hall of Famer Ryan Kerrigan a true to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A true king. A true Th- king. Wow, getting Ryan Kerrigan on the Bucs. That's, a future Hall of Famer. That is filthy. Um, Beautiful. Denver Broncos up at number 15. Hmm. They had offensive line needs. I don't think I'm going to take an offensive lineman. They had linebacker needs. They could go KJ. Uh, but they have corner needs too. They got Chris Harris on the board here. Nope. Um, is there an obvious one? I'm forgetting. No, I just want Chris Harris for the Falcons. Oh, <laughs> but I mean, Harris was an undrafted free agent with the Broncos who ends up a multiple contract starter for them. Multiple time pro bowler. No, I know he deserved to be picked at 15 for them. Who'd they D- take instead of him? Doug Baldwin was also super awesome. Would that be a super yeah, awesome a... pick? I think. Uh, who did the Broncos take? Uh, I'm looking. I went. Oh, Broncos, put, the... Broncos took Von Miller too. Oh, Broncos took Von Miller. Yeah, we're idiots. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, big idiots. I think I'm gonna go Doug Baldwin here. I'm going go with wow. Doug Baldwin at 15. Doug Baldwin, and I, I guess I don't really 
Like, I, I remember Doug Baldwin as the Russell Wilson scrambling around, chucking it deep, somehow Baldwin's open, and then you watch, like, the, here's the route he ran to get here, and it's, like, the stupidest, most unorganized yeah, right. movement you've ever they had, seen. They had the... Uh... They had the, the slot option route they used to run where Baldwin was like, yeah, I can just pretty much go anywhere I want. And, and it Russell was, was throw it to me. hilarious. But I, I think if you kind of like pair him and how natural he is in manipulating defenders in open space, I like that as a compliment right. to Sutton. So I th- I just think this is a fun pick. There's probably more talented guys that are still in this list, but I like Baldwin as a fit here for the Broncos. I'm grabbing. So Baldwin's four best seasons because obviously he kind of had to work into a starting role yes. coming in as a udfa yeah. his four best seasons were from 2014 to 2017 uh during which time he made the pro bowl twice in 2016 and 2017 so average over that season was uh 78 catches on 110 targets uh, which is a 70 okay. percent catch rate okay uh he had just over a thousand yards a season for 63 yards per game uh and he had Let's see, touchdowns, he had eight touchdowns a season. So we're talking about 78 catches, 1,000 yards, eight touchdowns every year. I think if Judy ends up doing that, it'll have been a good pick at 15 because Baldwin was uber consistent. It's a great catch rate. He was a constant stick mover. He was a tremendous route runner. No, he wasn't a big deep threat. No, he wasn't a big scoring threat. But that right there was the best that that, that Doug Baldwin was. And I think he was a tremendous intermediate west coast style wide receiver and i think if that's what judy ends up that's a good pick for the broncos so like i i'm supporting your doug baldwin selection here. okay no i pre- yeah i appreciate that uh ben knows this because we talked about this a little bit um off of the podcast before we hit record over the last couple of days but i'm in the process of looking at some houses some townhouses maybe some apartments I'm, I'm i'm thinking about my options here about what's going to happen and where i'm going to live over the next year because my lease is actually coming up in my apartment and uh let me tell you when you when you got to crunch all the numbers and when you're looking at a bunch of different places to potentially live and a lot of money to sign up for it could get a little bit stressful and there are times in the day where i'm just i realize i'm not thinking clearly and it's like that snickers commercial ben where you go like hey you know you're not you're not you when you're hungry that's me right now wow. looking for places to live, but instead wow. of the Snickers, I'm having a built one. Yeah. And wow. the reason Copyright. why I'm <laughs> instead the re- of a Snickers, I'm having a built bar. The reason why I'm having a built bar over a Snickers is because even even if you just look at normal protein bars, built bar has seven times less carbs, seven times less sugar. Except it's got the energy and it's got the protein for you that you're looking for for any kind of like in-between meal snacks, something to get you through the day. Again, like something to curb hunger. They've got all kinds of flavors. A lot of them are chocolate-based, so I know a lot of people are big chocolate protein bar people out there. They've got all of your options there. They've got 15 different flavors, and I I, I think they might even have 17. They've got some more coming in. If you head over to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you get $10 off your first Built Bar box. You can pick a singular flavor if you're really into it you could also get a mixed box you can also customize your whole box so there's all kinds of options there but the one thing that stays consistent is that if you use the promo code locked on you get ten dollars off your first box so make sure you go and do that you are now up with the atlanta falcons correct yeah i think chris harris okay corner. yeah yeah <laughs> i can i could hear you talk about that early um yeah no I, well i think that firstly harris if you look at the corners that the Falcons have brought in under Quinn and have had success with under Quinn. I think Harris's quickness, ball skills, aggressiveness, stickiness, and man coverage are all really exciting. He's probably the best zone cover they've zone cover corner they'll, they'll have had there. Harris again uh, with Baldwin and Harris, we just went back to back UDFA's. The 2011 draft had a, a and, and 
I think we've learned that we're not really good at understanding how many UDFAs are actually good on this podcast. But the 2011 NFL Draft had Chris Harris and Doug Baldwin both as UDFAs. Other guys uh, like Mario Addison. Uh, I think Patrick DeMarco was a UDFA in this, this draft as well. It's a really strong group. And Harris and Baldwin both deserved, I think, the first round draft capital that they got spent on them here, despite the fact that they were UDFAs at the time. Cowboys up at 18 or 17. Sorry. They just had Travis Frederick retire. And I feel as though plugging in an elite center would help the strength on this team remain a strength, which matters a lot, especially when you've got your quarterback in a franchise tag situation. You want to make sure that everything else around him is as good as it can be. Don't you, you it do it, you rat. So. I will- no. I am taking Jason no. Kelsey I cried. and putting him smack dab in the middle of that Dallas Cowboys offensive line. I don't want to look at it. What is he? I think he's a four time all pro, three time or four time pro bowl or three time all pro. I just think this one makes too much sense for me. I'm sorry, Ben. He's like a twenty eight time all pro in my heart. <laughs> it's just devastating. Um I mean I get it though. Can you imagine? I mean, like, there yeah. was a long-time argument about, like, Travis Frederick versus Jason Kelsey. So, I, it's not even, like, imagine that line with Kelsey because mm-hmm. Frederick was such a good center as well. But, yeah, listen, Kelsey and then put Frederick at guard and then Martin at guard and then Tyron Smith at left tackle, even though you don't have Tyron Smith because the Giants already took him. It doesn't matter. Um, it's a good offensive line. Yep. I have the Steelers at 18 now, which, all right, so... I've got to calibrate. This is, it's a lot harder to remember the needs of the first round teams that did, or the teams that didn't pick in the first round. I can go offensive line. I should probably defensive line and edge. Oh, yeah. Justin Houston or Jarrell Casey? Flip a coin. I would pick for the Steelers, Justin Houston. I was about to say, I want to look at Houston's career stats again right quick. Yeah, I'm taking That's what oh. I'm Houston. 22 sacks in 2014, average of 11 sacks per season across the course. Of his, yeah, yeah, well, I'll take Justin Houston uh, okay. for the uh, for the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. There's yeah, there's interior guys I was looking at uh, would have been interesting. We have a good a good set. Brandon Fusco, Mike Pouncey, obviously would have been a fun one for the Steelers as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but Houston, I think, is is too valuable for their needs. And if you're worried about Bud Dupree getting long term money. Justin Houston solves that problem for you. Long-term next to TJ Watt is great. Casey also would have been a really difficult pick to argue against, given the fact that they just lost Javon Hargrave, but him next to Stephon Tuitt, I think that would have been solid as well. Bears are up now at 19, because remember, we're reversing all the picks, so the original teams get all of theirs. I thought the Bears had a pretty big interior offensive line need going into the draft. They ended up um, going with Cole Komet at tight end, and then they picked Jalen Johnson as well. I am giving them Mike Pouncey here in the first round because I think that interior offensive line would have been the better investment for them, especially when, again, it's kind of a similar situation to the Cowboys. Now that the Cowboys are, God, I, I can't wait to for people to come back and attack me for that. Not that the Dak Prescott situation is the exact same as Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles. They're wow. similar in the fact that you, you are trying first, folks. to figure out exactly what they want to do and how much they want to invest and all that kinds of stuff. I think the Cowboys are pretty silly for how um, bullish they're being on not being committal towards their quarterback, whereas the I think the Chicago Bears have been bullish on the other side, probably not biting the bullet sooner than they should have with their quarterback selection and Mitchell Trubisky. But 
give either guy, whether it's Trubisky or Nick Foles, the best chance. And I think that you've got to upgrade the interior of that offensive line in order to do so. So Mike Pouncey going off the board at number 19. Extremely cool moment here uh, for the Rams, which once again, I probably should take Jarrell Casey. Um, oh, 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 should I take KJ Wright? <gasps> Epiphany okay. moment here. No, I'm going to do this because I, I like the, the, no, I'm not going to do it. I should be responsible. Coward. I'm taking KJ Wright for the Rams at 20. The Rams desperately oh, you need. suck. I was going to give them the Eagles. I would... I'm not taking KJ Wright. I'm leaving KJ Wright <laughs> on the board. Um, you got to take Wright here. Littleton leaving. The Rams desperately need a cover linebacker now with the vacation of, of, of Littleton, especially when you consider that a lot of their best off-ball linebacker guys, Matthews, Okoronko, I mean, like, these are converted edges they're trying to get some off-ball snaps out of. They need a true guy. Wright is so good. One of the most underrated players of the decade. Tremendous in coverage. I really wanted to go Robert Quinn here because they did take Quinn at 14 back in 2011. Got some really productive seasons out of him. I think Quinn's had a weird up and down but generally good career, and it would have made sense for the Rams, who who also desperately need some edge help. Um, But I'm going to take KJ Wright, who I just think has had the better, more consistent consistent career and still fills a really big position of need i thought i was gonna get right for the eagles i really did so i would have done a jig now i'm looking at this list i mean randall cobb would be fun if they wanted to go wide receiver pick but there's guys like robert quinn still on there at edge oh man jimmy smith is still at corner i feel like jimmy smith is the kind of dude that they love at corner jarrell casey is still there as well Help me out here, because I'm kind of in a I'm kind of in a, a toss up between a couple of different positions, because none of the big positions in need are really standing out to me. Right here, so to me, what it is is that the Eagles did pick up Derek Barnett's fifth year option, so he's with them through uh, 2021. This year but Brandon, next, yeah, yeah, but Brandon Graham is is 34 now. I want to say, and he's also this year an next player. I would take Robert Quinn in this situation. That's where I'm because, leaning. I think I was going to yeah. lean either Quinn or Cobb, just because Cobb would have been fun, but the value is much higher with. The output yeah, that exactly. we've seen for Robert Quinn. So even though the need isn't as dire, I actually didn't know the exact contract situations of Graham. So that makes um, I'm glad that you told me that 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 kind of clears it up for me. Because look, you can never have too many good edge rushers. You really can't. I mean, it's it, right. it's impossible. So you create the rotation that you want to, and obviously, it's kind of been um, a little bit disappointing with Barnett. I'm allowed to say that, correct? Oh, you're you are allowed to say extremely disappointing. Okay, all right. So it's it, it. I know that they picked up his fifth year option, but I wasn't sure like exactly how people viewed him. But in my mind, I was like, okay, he hasn't been exactly what they've wanted as a former first round pick. So Robert Quinn makes sense. Twenty one. I okay. So I'm in a weird spot because so okay. Bills. They don't, no new wide receiver. I we have to get Jarrell Casey off the board. This is getting ridiculous yeah right to the bills who you're gonna keep playing harrison phillips i mean yeah maybe this is this is a team that's playing jared stidham or sorry i'm looking at the patriots my bad i was already thinking about my next pick okay i got okay i gotta look at the bills depth chart here real quick i gotta make a positive a good decision ed oliver and jerrell casey right you replace start to to lele they did get q jeff no, Q Jeff's on a one-year deal, Ben. He's rotational. <sighs> I don't want to go corner here. 
I don't like. I mean, like Mo Wilk, Pernell McPhee. I could get them a, a good edge. No, I'm doing it. I'm taking Jarrell Casey. Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna replace Starlo Tulele with Jarrell Casey, which is a significant improvement, even though I have a veteran player there. I'm gonna put him next to Ed Oliver. And I'm going to be able to rush with those two guys. I'm going to be able to rush with Mario Addison. I'm going to have a really strong, solid front against the run. I'm able to blitz Matt Milano, blitz Jermaine Edmonds, because I'm going to have a really strong front. And my corner room is fine. I don't need Jimmy Smith. I probably should have picked Jimmy Smith. I'm taking Drew Casey. He needs to get off the board. He's <laughs> he here does. at 22. Yeah, he does. No, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Casey at 22. I'm just taking BPA. Um, Brandon Bean's good drafter. What can I say? Can you imagine? Can you imagine Bill Belichick with a okay? I'm imagining him with the quarterback that has the arm strength, the RPO ability, and the rushing potential of Colin Kaepernick. Oh man, this let's is too go! Much. This let's is go! Too much. I'm so in on this pick. I was wondering where we were going to get Kaepernick off the board, but like this is, right. I mean, like this is perfect for me. I know. So here's the thing, right? Like, it's, a, it's an interesting conversation. So we're drafting them based off some amorphous understanding of their careers, right? I, I, I'm looking a lot more at longevity than you are, right? And mm-hmm. you're looking a lot at, like, their peak, yes. which is fine. Like, who cares? Um, I the do, Kaepernick versus Dalton conversation. So it, it is interesting in the sense of, like, Dalton, I mean, Dalton's so consistent, and Kaepernick was so uh, volatile, and his so Kaepernick's peaks are so much higher. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm betting on a coach like Bill Belichick to get the most out of guys' peaks. This is easy for me. This is easy. Well, the, the thing is, yeah, like if you look at them as passers, like across the course of their career, across their season averages, you can make the case for Dalton over Kaepernick pretty strong. But then the second you incorporate what Kaepernick does with his legs, it's kind of done, right? right. Like it's yeah, right. No, I mean, like, he's the second best quarterback in this class. And Kaepernick's also got a rocket arm. Yeah, even so even with, like, a truncated career for, like, whatever reason, you know what I mean? Like, 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 you know, in this hypothetical where Kaepernick's rookie season starts in 2020, then probably if he were to have the the outspoken political approach to his, you know, uh, his power as a player that he did, it would be received a lot differently than it was 10 years ago. Now, that's... Largely as a result of what he did previously. But what I'm saying is rookie Kaepernick now would probably be able to have a much longer seat career because he would not get blacklisted by the league. And so even if you want to make the argument for Dalton or any other quarterback with Tyrod for longevity, in a hypothetical like this, Kaepernick's probably a 10-year player. Right. So you're fine, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. You're up, Saints. I hate it. I hate the pick tremendously. I like to make that very clear. I do not want Colin Kaepernick with Bill Belichick, but it's a good pick. All right. Saints at 24. Yes. We're beginning to get to the part of the board where I just really don't know who to take. Uh, For the Saints. Ooh, Mark Ingram. That's funny. Um, yeah, that's the first oh, one Randall, I looked at. Randall Cobb. That's funny. I'm definitely not taking Mason Foster. Um, How dare you? I'm tempted to go... Marcus Gilbert or Marcus Cannon. I could go Brandon Fusco. Um, but I don't really think that they need offensive line that badly. My gut is telling me this is Jimmy Smith. Oh, you suck. Yeah, and so now I'm... You uh, suck! Now, a note on Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith's career is actually, like, solid. Yeah, I, I think that because oh, think he's so. only ever been... He's only ever been in Baltimore, and because Baltimore has rotated and... 
uh, Baltimore's recruited so many different high-profile defensive backs over the course of the last 10 years. People don't realize that Smith has just been there, been consistent, and been even at times really flashy and and quality when he's played. Mm -hmm. The problem is injury and suspensions constantly. Sure. They ruin his like per season stats, but his per game stats are actually really good. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I do think Smith is worth the first rounder. I don't like the fact that he's, you know, he's played 16 games. I think the last time he played 16 games, like 2014 or something like it's been ages. So there's the concern there, but he's really good when he's on the field. And and with the the Saints, I have him challenged to Norris Jenkins for corner two. He probably isn't a starter for me, but in terms of a, a backup, a guy getting the field in nickel, he's a really good player. Uh, we have who's up after this? Oh yeah, the Vikings. Vikings just moved on from Stephon Diggs. Um, they made a wide receiver pick in Justin Jefferson in the 2020 NFL Draft, but they did so at 22. And here they're picking at their loan pick, which is 25. I'm going to have them going Randall Cobb, who I really liked as a versatile kind of slot receiver to play in the same role that you would have had Stephon Diggs in. Randall Cobb had a lot of really, really fun years in Green Bay. For the longest time, I was like, man, what a lethal combo or trio, really, it was between Cobb, Jordy Nelson, and Aaron Rodgers. Like, I thought that was so much fun to watch. It turned out to be very difficult for a lot of defenses to cover him. He was even a 1,000-yard receiver in this lone 16-game season. Yes, it was. In the lone season that he started all 16 games, he had 1,287 yards, receiving yards with 12 touchdowns. That's nuts. So, obviously, the injuries kind of held Cobb back a little bit, but when he's been on the field, when he's been healthy, that's been fun. That'd be a great Cobb, play is for, he in uh, Houston now? Um, I thought he was yeah, with the Cowboys. Is. No, he was the Cowboys last year. Oh, right. Yeah, so he yeah, is. He's in Houston now. Yeah, okay, yeah, Houston. There you go. Wild. Okay, I've got the Texans at 26. Speaking of Houston, God, you missed the transition. You suck. So we got to pay attention. Speaking of sucking, the Texans, <laughs> um, okay. actually in a really good spot here. Overkill. No, it was necessary. I felt good about it. Um, <laughs> the, the Texans found themselves potentially one of the best picks of the 2011 draft when all is said and done, taking mm-hmm. J.J. Watt outside of the top 10. They don't get Watt on the board here, but if we're, as they still do, they need a interior rusher. They need an edge rusher. They obviously go Marlon Davidson, a guy who can maybe do both for them in the actual 2020 draft. I have Muhammad Wilkerson and Pernell McPhee and Mario Addison all still on the board for them, which I think is really cool because all three of those guys, I think, can do ideal some things that what they want. My instinct here is to go Mo Wilk, who I really like Pernell McPhee. I respect Pernell McPhee, but just the peaks that he's had in his career simply have not been as high or as exciting as what you got from Mo Wilk when he was really playing well at a 3-4 end spot for the Jets. He had a, the 12 sack season in 2016 is my guess. I don't know, but I know that he peaked at 12. Uh, he's had multiple seasons of double digit sacks, obviously tailed off at the end of his career, a little bit of an early retiree. He's out of the league now, but I got six, seven years of at least quality three, four defensive end play and a couple years of really peak defensive end play. Uh, so Mo Wilk, Muhammad Wilkerson will be my pick uh, for the Texas at 26. I'm going to take Mario Addison then uh, for the Seattle Seahawks at 27. I think they've got a, well, yeah. I think they got a big edge rush need. I think that makes sense. They could have gone offensive line as well. So I think that Mario Addison is a pretty good pick here for them at 27. Mario Addison, over the last four years, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite stats, yeah. has not had less than nine sacks. He's it's, had like nine crazy, and a half, man. ten and a half, nine and nine and a half. He's just 
imagine just just being able to you know pull the trigger and get 10 sacks over 16 games like that's you would sign up for that you would sign up for that in the top 10 basically and and we got mario going 27 that consistency is great i really respect that um and yeah addison was i I think that's our third udfa now that we've taken addison at 27 so shout out the udfas uh okay ravens at 28 i'm not taking mason foster you can't make me do it Offensive line? He seems like yeah. a Raven, though. I mean, he is, but he, he certainly does, but okay. Oh, Torrey Smith is also here. That's funny. Uh, no, I should I should really go offensive line here. Pernell McPhee is also here. Okay, focus. Between Franklin, Cannon, Gilbert, and Solder. Mm-hmm. I, may, I might be poisoned in my head for how bad I think Nate Solder is because he's a giant, and then he was also a Patriot, but I just don't think he's a good football player. Brandon Fusco is interesting. Um, um, Fusco's retired, but he was solid. Vikings zone system. He's not the size that they want. I'm going to take Marcus Gilbert at 28 for the Ravens, and I'm potentially going to look into playing him at guard. Though if, I, if I'm going to do that, mm-hmm. I'm going to take Orlando Franklin. I'm going to take Orlando Franklin because Franklin was a guy who I think would have benefited from playing at guard uh, for much of his career, and I think he did get bumped into guard for the for the the Broncos. It was successful there. Uh, as a long-term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a guard for the Broncos. I'm thinking Franklin. I'm kicking him into guard. We're going to be freaking humongous in Baltimore. We're going to move people off line of scrimmage. And he'll have tackle ability in case I need him to start there. Orlando Franklin. He retired early because he wanted to hang out with his family or something. So we're fine. Um, Man, I'd like to pick a corner here for the Titans. Uh, I don't want to pick a... Prince Mucamaris here. He's basically the last corner left. Edge rusher, they could go. Pardon McPhee. Prince Mukamara has not had a bad career. He's just been a lot of places. Yeah, I know. I, I don't think he's terrible. I just I feel like there's got to be a better player for them. Maybe not. Maybe if I pick, maybe if I pick Marcus Gilbert or Nate Solder because they have. Dude, take Mark Ingram. Derrick the, Henry on the franchise tag for the Titans. Derrick Henry's on the franchise tag. Well, then I'm gonna take Demarco Murray. Oh wow. Over Mark Ingram? Uh, yeah. Are we? Okay, I might be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure this is an easy pick. Uh, I would take Mark Ingram over Marco Murray. Marco Murray. Right. Murray had one Mark good season. Ingram. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna put that to the test right now. We're gonna we're gonna live put that to the test this second. Murray. In seasons in which he played at least fourteen games. So, that feels like a trick. It is a trick. It's absolutely putting things in my favor. So we obviously had the one year in 2014 where he basically had 400 carries and 1,800 rushing right. yards and 13 rushing touchdowns. So, like, that was his monster year. Mark Ingram. Yeah. No, Mark Ingram has certainly had the more steady career. Yes, he's I think, got better yards per carry. Though Murray just got more volume. Ingram's just been a better player. Much better receiver. Yeah, and for okay. Wait, I'm lying. Oh, Jude. Actually, Murray was no, we're, no, more no, 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 no. Yeah, m- no. Murray's a better receiver, without a doubt. I never realized how much Murray was involved in the receiving game. Though yes. I guess a little bit of that's skewed. Yes. Oh man. Okay, this is this is closer than I thought. I I told you you were like, nah, it's no, without a doubt. I. 
Listen, Murray played two years for the Titans and sucked while he was there. <laughs> You're right, so I don't want to get... Yeah. All right, fine, Mark Ingram. a <laughs> boy. I'm doing I'm it just, you, if you, just if, so Titan fans aren't like, we already had this guy and he sucked. <laughs> he was the worst. Um, yeah, I just feel like it's just Mur- Murray's won the one all-pro, all-world season or whatever the heck it was in 2014. It just skews his numbers. Besides that, he was pretty pedestrian. Um... Packers? Yes. 30? Oh, man. Guys, it was a good wide receiver class, but you're picking way too late to get any of them. It was. Torrey Smith, do it, you coward. I mean... You absolute coward. There's nobody better who's had a better career than than Torrey Smith, I feel like. Of the guys who are left? I don't think anybody. Yeah, okay. Um, Let's let's take a look at Tory's numbers. We've officially reached a point of the podcast where I need to look up everybody's numbers to remember who they were. Listen, Tory wasn't that bad. No, no, Tory's good. Tory's good. He's the speed they need. You sound like you've convinced yourself. Yeah, no, because I thought I thought he was a lot more banged up than he was, but he was. I mean, he had more. He had sixteen game seasons in all, but two of his last three years for Baltimore, he was really. Tory Smith was a lot better than I remember. <laughs> Eleven touchdowns in twenty fourteen. <laughs> Tory Smith, we're taking Tory Smith at thirty for the Packers. I'll take oh, that any man. day of the week and twice on Sundays, yeah. baby. <laughs> you convincing yourself is just absolutely Jeez. worth the price I would like of admission. To, I would like the issue of public apology. Tory, good career, brother, there and is. won a Super Bowl in Philly. Okay, so that wouldn't happen in this timeline. At a boy. Okay, Forty uh, ers I'm giving the Forty ers Prince of Mukamara, because as stated before, not a bad career. He's just been bounced around a lot. You know, he's just had the suitcase filled. He's had to break a lot of leases. He's had to hire a lot of real estate agents. That's all. <laughs> Nothing against him. I liked having the suitcase filled. That was a nice. He's, just, he's got a he's got a suitcase yeah, pack, man. Just, yeah, it look, he's gay out. He, he invested in a good suitcase and he's put it to use over his career. But he's still a good corner. So 49ers have a big need at cornerback. That's that's who they're going with here at thirty one. Chiefs needed a corner, and the thing about Prince of Mukamura is that he's off the board, and there's no other good ones. This is true. Not taking Mason Foster. How fun! Listen, I w- I'm on record by saying that Clyde edwards alaire has some Mark Ingram vibes to him. So okay. they took edwards alaire at 32. Okay. You already took Ingram. Shoot, never mind. <laughs> you didn't take. I should have made you take Demarco Murray. I was no waiting for you. I was waiting for you to realize yeah. it. I put the pieces together there. Oh, this is not a good situation for the Chiefs. Give Dion Lewis. Right Dion Lewis would be like a like a an RB three <sighs> overall in fantasy football if you played for the Chiefs. Okay, let's uh, I'll, I'll, let's do this exercise. I want just looking at the players we have left on the sheet that we've been using. Okay. Who do you think is the best player? Jake Locker. Sorry, he's not on the sheet. If we refuse to put him on, yeah, why not? Um, I he, other than quarterback, I would assume obviously because we can't do that. Uh, probably McPhee or. Deion Lewis or Kyle Rudolph? I don't know. I think it might be Corey Luger. It might be Pernell McPhee. McPhee would be probably number one of the guys who are left that I think are good. Fosco is really interesting to me for what the Chiefs want to do, especially because the Chiefs need help Fusco. in the interior offensive line, and I don't think they addressed it enough. I'm thinking Brandon Fusco. Fusco, yeah. F- Fusco-topia. Yeah, I'll take Fusco over Steve Wazdowski and Daniel Kilgore. Who Did you also get that reference? Did you get that reference? What did you say? Fusco-topia? Nope. It's from um, Emperor's New Groove. No? Oh, a thing I still have not watched. Emperor Fusco? 
Yep. Remember when you were like, I'm never doing a podcast with you again if you don't watch that? You suck, Ben. All right, keep going. Yeah, sucks to suck. Um, so, yeah, the Chiefs, Brandon Fusco, he had a, a solid starting career on his rookie contract for the Vikings, quickly fell out of the league afterward. But the Chiefs need interior offensive line help. Uh, and, and I wish that they had done more on the interior offensive line in the draft. They elected to issue that spot. I think that they could have used some help. At least some depth is always good to have there. So Brandon Fusco at 32 will bring us home. That was fun. That was, again, a lot of fun. Thank you so much for, for suggesting that as the Mock Draft Monday format. As we said at the beginning of the podcast, we're going to be doing these, hmm, let me check, every Monday uh, during our summer podcast series. And we're going to be taking the suggestions from you guys. Like we said, it can be football related. We could be redrafting different draft classes. Uh, we've got a couple of other ones that are football related that I, I don't want to give away because they're, they're ones that we might potentially make full episodes out of. But you guys can even get creative. You can maybe bring a little bit of that ask me anything creativity feel to some of these mock draft Mondays as you, you we talk about, oh, you know, what if you drafted NBA players into the NFL? I think that that's a fun one. So think of some creative ways to make this mock draft Monday and, and the ones after it as, as fun and as creative as possible because obviously the podcast is here for you guys. We're just here to talk some sports and have a little fun with you guys. We appreciate you listening. The podcast is here for me. For you? Me alone. <laughs> yep. Not with a fruit take we like do that, this my friend. So that I can fill my days. It's my podcast. We do it for me. That's about how you approach the attitude of it. Ben just logs on <laughs> and he goes, All right, what are we talking about today? No prep. Let's hit the button. Let's go. We record. What's up? So that sounds about right. We got six more teams of some draft class recaps that we're getting from the actual 2020 NFL draft. And then, of course, Fan Friday is coming up at the end of the week. Until then, you guys keep it locked right here on Locked on NFL Draft.